Today's episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network is brought to you by the Sidious Mag Newsletter. Sign up at SidiousMag.substack.com to get your weekly fix of all the latest news, commentary, and more from all around the running world provided by yours truly. Every week, we're doing a giveaway like some of our crew neck sweaters, our hoodies. I've implemented a crossword puzzle that's been a hit with some of the readers. The newsletter also lets you keep up with all of the podcasts and shows that we're releasing all across the Sidious Mag podcast family. It's once a week and keeps you in the know. It takes two seconds to sign up. It's SidiousMag.substack.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. So sign up today. All right, we are back. It is the November recap episode with my buddy, Matt Meyer. Uh, Matt, how have you been? This is episode 199. That makes total sense to me because time is passing by us at an unregulated speed. I, I don't really know. Sometimes I, I, I look back at the year and I'm like, that was a really great 67 months. Uh, yeah, we're doing all right out here. You don't know, just... Uh, Making it through the year, enjoying the trying to enjoy the holidays, even though they're a little strange. Um, but yeah, new and exciting things are on the horizon, and I'm really trying to live in that. It, it seems like this past week or so, the last like couple of weeks, we're starting to get like a good dose of like more new track news, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, like are things going back to normal a little bit? I, you know, I guess to the big you know the thing that we've in the very first one of these that we tried to do was like we're like we're not going to talk about covid like this is going to be a little escape for people but Can you imagine realize- if we just didn't talk about it this entire time <laughs> it's like uh eventually the elephant got too big in the room and like it's hard to ignore this one regarding covid news it seems like the vaccine is on the way um i just saw that the pfizer one was uh, approved and I think it's going to start distributing in the UK. The UK just got just got approved and distributed with ninety five percent success rate. It looks like I did see a thing that they're like we're going to start we're going to administer it on live television so that people believe it's okay. And I didn't I, see I, that. I, I I don't know maybe I think I saw it. It's on Twitter. Who knows what it is? But I was like, I want I want to talk to the people who are in the camp. That's like if I don't see someone do it on live live television i'm not taking it like yeah but the hope is like that this gets to you know something like the flu shot where you know mm-hmm. you don't even think twice about it where there's so much signage you know when you walk past like a like a cvs or a walgreens um and it just says get your flu shot here and hopefully we get to the don't point your where flu shot and your covid19 yeah exactly to, to that point where all of a sudden you can just just pop in get it done get one of two you got to get two um in order to have like full immunity uh, mm-hmm. for things. But um, yeah, I, I've gotten to the point now where maybe there was a couple months ago, I was, I had a sliver of optimism that the Olympics would happen. Um, and that was just me being a little bit more of an optimist and holding out hope. 
I am more apt. I, I do think the Olympics will happen next year. Yep. And I'm even more confident that fall marathons will happen next year. And now, now something mm-hmm. could go wrong. And in the next couple of months, you could play this back and be like, well, Chris, there's your really freezing cold Roll tape. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. <laughs> but I think, you know, spring marathons might be still a little bit too soon to make things happen. I definitely think that large spring mm-hmm. marathons like um i think that i've been able to see a few small local events that have been able to go off pretty scot-free um obviously i haven't gone back and checked on these to see if any kind of spikes happened but i've seen small events go off successfully i also shout out to new york local trials of miles i think that that's been like a great example of like all right we're gonna take this field we're going to make it really, really small. Things are going to be safe this way. But then we're as fans and other competitors, you're able to still see races. People are still able to compete. So shout out to Trials and Miles. They've been doing that really well. Yeah, I participated in, you know, the first track meet. Um, that was the one where I went for and I got my mile PR. Um, but then after that, you know, there, there was a half marathon that I pulled off and mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it it just was very grassroots, and somehow you know they made everyone feel safe. They took all the necessary precautions. So I think you know we're going to start to see maybe more of that. I think in the in the spring yeah. where it's not going to be your big you know major New York Roadrunners you know twenty thousand plus mm-hmm. races. You might have to just resort for uh, and settle for the much smaller races. Um, you know where it is still sometimes a fast course, sometimes challenging. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have like a 50 person field, the competitiveness to maybe get into those races might be a little tough, but you know, you will have to wait and see sort of what, what ends up happening, but kind of a little bit of uh, breaking news sort of on this, on this podcast is uh, a couple weeks ago, I got together with a couple buddies of mine uh, in Chicago. We, we had a couple beers. It was a nice, safe, you know, small, small get together. And and after a couple of beers, I changed my mind about, you know, doing a marathon soon. And I decided to sign up for Grandma's Marathon, which is in June. They're they're doing, I guess, like a scaled down version of it for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm optimistic that people in my age group, you know, that that 27 year old, uh, the healthy guy, I guess that I am, falls into like the category where I'll probably get the vaccine by April is when I'm hoping uh, is the case. Um, so then that puts me sort of, you know, two months away from, from a marathon. And mm-hmm. I think, I think it, it can happen. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm not fully committed yet to, to training for it and, and going after it for, for PR. But if it, if it does happen and it's full steam ahead, then, then I will try and go for sub three and grandma's. But it, it was just interesting that, my confidence level is now there, I guess. And I hope more people start to get to that too, given all, uh, all the news right now. um, So right now they've capped the field at 4,000. Okay. Still pretty large, but at that point, obviously we, we take this on like, I'd like to say this like a monthly basis, but like the way that this is up and down, it's like a daily weekly thing. So like normally there's like 10,000 people at grandma's, so definitely way pared down. And I mean, that brings into like, it's the, one of the hard things about training for a marathon in this current atmosphere where it's not like, all right, I just need a couple, couple weeks to, to sharpen up. <laughs> a marathon is such a, a long, like a long uh, 
flat curve. We can flatten the curve. Um, <laughs> it's a long, slow build that you just you, you kind of have to pick your shot a ways off in advance and then hope it pans out. That's like I I I think that you did a good I a good plan going for at least the summer. That like some small some small things might happen in the spring, but I can't really see anything big happening in the spring just no. because of the amount of time it's going to take to distribute everything. And that's not to discount, I guess, how important these next couple of months are going to be. The yes. winter is, is, you know, here practically. And we're in the middle of like a, a huge spike on the spike from, th- yeah. from like holiday travel and Thanksgiving. So, you know, when our, current president said that we were just rounding the corner and then this is going to be over dead wrong once again and he clearly uh, hasn't ever ran on a track because you round a <laughs> lot of corners but that shit keeps going yeah so yeah, everyone's got to do their part once again like mm-hmm. we're back to where we were sort of like in you know that may phase you know take all the necessary precautions socially distance run alone if you have to or really scale down the number of people that you see wear a mask uh, wash your hands like that all goes without saying like if if everyone can do that then we will get back you know some of those early summer races and you know the the fall ones will happen so mm-hmm. we just got to be smart now so that we can actually get things gone yeah all right so let's get to some of the recent news i i like to start with a, with a little fun topic the track Ooh. and football beef that went down on Twitter. Grant Holloway, the world champion in the 110 hurdles, mm-hmm. tweeted that, um, let's see, I've got it right here. He, he tweeted it's something in response to like NFL. Someone responded about an NFL player. Um, and this is all like post DK running down. We mm-hmm. bring it into the idea like what, what, he run, what he runs in the combine, the fact that people are like, let's throw some spikes on him and see what he can actually do in a track race and i feel like all of that continued to escalate yeah so someone made the point that chiefs wide receiver tyreek hill who you know ran in the dream uh 100 a couple years back i do remember him being there and i think he ran in college at oklahoma state very briefly um and this is a random person that they pointed out new york giants quarterback daniel jones who i you know i know he's quick but he's not definitely he's definitely not one of the fastest athletes in the nfl uh, so someone tweeted that those two people would be, you know, are the fastest in the NFL. And Holloway tweeted, so you're telling me Daniel Jones is faster than me? You, sir, need some help. And then this Twitter guy named Jack, not Jack, the founder of it, responded with, hi, Grant. I'm not quite sure where you fall into this conversation. I was referring to the fastest NFL players comparing, uh, competing in Olympic track races. Obviously, DK or Tyreek could beat you or me we aren't world-class athletes. <laughs> and that's like the ultimate, or is that, what's that meme? It's like, oh no, baby, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Gotta do your research before you call out random people on the internet. He's responding to someone with a blue check. Like you think it'd be obvious. And all you, all you have, all he had to do is click through and I think it says world champion in his Twitter bio. Right. And he just told, a world champion who's run 11.24 for a hundred meters, which I'm sure, you know, that PR might be a little old in, in Grant Holloway. If he put in, you know, the training for the hundred, we could definitely go faster. He's run 20.66 for 200 and then 1298 for 110 hurdles. He told that guy he isn't world-class. 
And then someone else added that because Tyreek Hill has won a Super Bowl, he could easily run 9.7 or 9.6 with competition. I mean, just just cut it out. Like the the fact that the man has a Super Bowl ring makes him faster. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I'm a big Denver Broncos fan. Peyton Manning's got a Super Bowl ring, but I'm not going to be throwing him in a single track of it. It got even better. Marquise Dendy, who's a jumper, he's competed at Worlds uh, for, for the U.S., you know, tweeted, I hate to say this, but a majority of the NFL players can't even handle the jumpers and maybe, maybe even some 800-meter runners in a speed race, let alone real sprinters in the sport. It's, you guys got to chill with the comparisons. And, you know, wholeheartedly agree with that entire thing. Kyle Merbury had it even a funny, like a funny tweet as well. Shout out to Kyle Merber for keeping it real with top 10 accounts on Twitter. I think he said something like, I will challenge every single person in the NFL to a 1500. No one will beat me. No <laughs> one will beat me. It, it's true. Um, so actually, we decided- Joe Kovacs to- even had a good one too. Joe Kovacs was, the, was, I think, the most interesting one because um, he took it a step further and said that no NFL player is stronger than him. I- you know, I, I know Joe. Joe's been on the show before. He and I exchange messages pretty often. I asked him, what are some of these lifting PRs? And he said, well, they wouldn't be official numbers like from a powerlifting meet, but my mm-hmm. training numbers have been you know, around a 700-pound bench. That's just absurd. Um, a 1,000-pound squat. And then- I'm watching a video of him squatting right now. <laughs> And then he's jerked 620 pounds, 280 kilograms. That, I want to film a video someday, you know, just taking him to an Equinox here in like Manhattan mm-hmm. and having him do some of these things and just seeing the people's, like the cameras mostly on the people's reactions around. I'd, I'd love or, it if you both went and you did a side by side where like Joe does it and then Chris does it and it'd be like this really intense training montage where one section is like i'm like i'm spotting him (laughs) (laughs) hey can you get you got me i was like yeah don't worry i got this you i'm I'm back squatting like a thousand right now he's like you're like yeah 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 yeah. come on so i had a conversation with joe about this i should have recorded it because i found it really interesting and maybe i'll get him back on the on the podcast um to discuss it because it was so fascinating but he was saying, you know, that it's different what what these NFL players do. Obviously, running, you know, zigzag and all that kind of stuff is different speed than running in a straight line or in an oval. And with the lifting, it's like he's not saying that like Aaron Donald could like, you know, outstrengthen him or in like a tackle or anything like that. Uh, that it's just all different. And it's all I was specific. I was blown away by the fact that uh, Joe Kovacs lifts. Uh, benches i think it, it, it like two at least 200 pounds more than ryan krauser uh and, and like jarell hill and those are the three guys who made the olympic team in 2016 um but it just goes to show how amazing our sport is and the different things that different bodies can do because mm-hmm. joe has to make up the height difference between him and ryan krauser where uh he, they don't even throw the same way. I think Joe in the podcast that he did even explains that like the way he throws is more of like a flick as opposed to, you know, just straight, straight on. Um, 
it, it so if I would Joe Kovacs is the strongest athlete in track and field. That is a fact. I th- and it goes without saying. Um, it's just I wish more people recognized it and and that more people actually even knew about Joe. But it was just very interesting to see where this conversation really escalated to because track speed, football speed, totally different things. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think track fans have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and like get a little bit offended when someone like, like running Tony is Romo what, says running, running yeah. is what we have. This yeah. is what we have. You guys have <laughs> more money than anyone. You have a whole network. Yeah, let us have our our moment of speed. Let's have so speed. let's have the speed. That was that, that. It was interesting and, to, and entertaining how that whole thing unfolded for about I forget what it was. It was like at least a good week's worth of entertainment on, on our group media. chat was really popping off with like all these really good screenshots from from multiple social media networks, seeing like everyone who decided to throw in their two cents. Now. Good. It's time for us to award, I guess, what is the best performance of the past month. So, Matt, run us through what some of these performances in consideration are. Well, as far as – I really feel like an envelope when we could do this Oscar style. The nominees for best performance for the month of November. Um, so as far as some of the people that we really think that kind of um, – sit on top with this i think that one of them went way under everybody's radar this being the first one on our list was molly's uh, molly huddle's one hour record i feel like i don't know how any of that was not i don't know maybe maybe she was just being there being a little quiet about it but mm-hmm. i thought that was i thought that was incredible it was incredibly understated she ran what was it? it was, she took down three American records in the process. In so she, one shot, like yeah, 60, 60 minutes on the track, one hour run. Yeah. So you you get you know big booty mix playing on the speakers at the track, and and then you really get amped up and you go for it. She ran uh, seventeen thousand nine hundred and thirty meters. The previous American record was twelve thousand two hundred and seventy three. So she obliterated it. Um, decimation what is molly's record come out to it was 523 pace for 44.8 laps um she mentioned she was going to do this back in like uh july uh or no it was like early september during the labor day showdown that we Mm -hmm. broadcast on the Sidious mag instagram and like you said this was super low-key you kind of just kind of heard about the results afterwards it would have been really cool to watch but i think i i don't know who it was um one of my buddies, Aaron, runs out with Molly and, uh, and um, was able to, I, I kind of like a little bit of it. He'd had like, he wasn't running an Instagram live, but he'd put up like a nice couple of little clips on it happening. I was like trying to find something. Just refresh. And I wasn't, I was like, come on, I just want to see something. <laughs> I think we're all so like hungry for it. I'm like, give me like a shaky Instagram. Instagram live video I'll, I'll i'll work with that well that was the cool thing too with, with like the the races that happened in michigan like the the pro academ and the half marathon uh, the drone shots were amazing but then i guess mm-hmm. you know they had their technical difficulties like it's it's hard to pull off like a live event uh especially and, when you're not like a news network and you're not used right to 
working with all that all at once. They they opted to go with we would prefer the accessibility uh, and and getting this mm-hmm. out to as many people as possible, as opposed to you know we're going to charge people and it's going to go behind a paywall. So you you take that risk and you know it kind of it had its struggles, but at the same time, like yeah, I mean I was I was one of those people turning on story notifications for like Nick Willis because I wanted to see what the latest update was as quick as yeah. possible. So kudos Nick Willis for providing us with those. But mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been really cool to to see this. So who else do we have on top performances of November? Um well we have this this one made me feel so terribly lazy. Um when you're looking at um Tierney Wilgram's junior marathon record. Awesome. She she's seventeen right now. Seventeen year old freshman from uh, at the University of Nevada. She ran yep. two thirty one forty nine. Um, this is in Sacramento. Very yep. low key race again. I think it was another just one. her and two pacers. I think. Mm-hmm. And this was another one when I was like, I, I didn't find out anything until after it had already happened. Mm-hmm. I but also makes total sense being a like. I don't, I don't think that there would have been a lot of hype around this, mm-hmm. but like afterwards you're like, congratulations. Yeah, the previous record for this one was 234.32 by Kathy O'Brien, who went on mm-hmm. to make the U.S. Olympic team four years after she set mm-hmm. that. Now that kind of obviously sets like a high bar. It's like, hey, you've got to follow this up with making an Olympic team four years from now. Uh, and she, she ran in the trials this February. She did, yeah. And she Youngest finished competitor. Se- 76th in 242 um Mm -hmm. strong showing especially like given how tough like the course was was. um so i read the interview that she did with the fast women newsletter and Mm -hmm. you know she said she was going to take a break from the marathons like right after the trials um but and like focus on the track but the pandemic hits and Mm -hmm. you know she decided to give this one more shot and is now going to focus on running for the university of nevada and i guess like mm-hmm. the upcoming it's so weird to say upcoming cross-country indoor track season um so like that's where her focus is going now the interesting conversation that happens here sort of is and my mind wandered to especially seeing like such a young runner take on the marathon i was 19 when when i ran my first marathon but I also wasn't like a super talent. I was a, you know, a jogger uh, to begin with. Like, um, and I hadn't really run distance. I wasn't out there trying to set any sort of records or had any sort of like crazy potential, um, you know, to, to run po- collegiately or post-collegiately at a high level. But knowing that, you know, the human body develops at, at different ages and that kind of stuff. And so when you put the toll of training for a marathon on, on a young body, uh, it can, you know, have some sort of effects. And so my mind wandered and I wrote this in, in, in my newsletter, which people can subscribe to at sidiousmag.substack.com. Um, a lot of what we're discussing has been, you know, written about in, in the newsletter. Uh, but I wrote about how, like, you know, I did, the thought did come to me about uh, Alana Hadley. And if you remember her, it was from, you remember like the ESPN coverage that she got mm-hmm. like in 2015 I was. It was like that marathon. She was, you know, the 17-year-old girl in the elite field for the New York City Marathon. And she was at the top yep. of the list for U.S. elite athletes because just a couple months later, um, everyone was going to be running the marathon trials in uh, February in Los Angeles. So people were saving themselves for that. And so you didn't have like your Shalane Flanagan's or like your Des Linden's in that field. What you had was this, 
really cool storyline of a you know athlete I guess who might have been maybe in her freshman year of, of college or or a high school senior running yes. the marathon um she turned she had turned pro at 16 she had run mm-hmm. 238 at 17 and it was very it tugged at at, at my heart I would say be, uh, to see just some of the struggles that that happened when when mm-hmm. when you you are in the spotlight like this because she dropped out of that New York city marathon. She opened up about dealing with anxiety and like not having that confidence that she had when she was running some of these earlier races. Um, and from what I was able to gather from, you know, checking out Instagram and, and uh, Twitter was that just, you know, she's gone on to just live a normal college life. And, you know, that's, it's, it's amazing. It's super happy for her. Um, but you know, it's just like that, there's a, that constant, like what could have been, and like, would your relationship with the sport have been different? Had you not have like put gone been in so the spotlight high. or, or yeah. like gone for the marathon so soon. I mean, there's a reason why they, a lot of times, um, you're, you, a lot of coaches hold their younger athletes back from going for such a distance. Um, and I mean, I, I don't think there's like a right answer for either one. It's definitely like a case by case thing. Like there are instances where this clearly like burns people out, but there are also instances where it works. So I think that just comes down to like trying to be, I don't know, trying to listen to yourself, trying to be flexible and continue to work within that. Yeah. So I'm, you know, hoping for the best for, you know, Tierney. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll just have to wait and see. Like, you know, she could just be a really good college 10K runner and that'd be awesome. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see like how her career develops. But, but yeah, it's just kind of, it's so weird that the cautionary tale stays in, in your subconscious a little bit. And you're always like, and you, 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 you see someone like that and you, you only want the best for them. And you're like, right. All right. Next performance. I guess we can take this. Um, we're, this, is, this is a twofer. Oh, a real twofer. Um, I think that this person goes up there with top five craziest Stravas. If y'all don't follow CJ Albertson on Strava, you should just to, uh, to every so often get a really good, what? When you open it up, just like the, 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 the crazy things that he, the, the crazy training regimen I'd put it up there with, um, with like all the, the the wildness that Walmsley was doing right before the trials, where you were like, "These are just insane." The workload and capacity is unreal, and it shows because this month CJ bo- broke two. Didn't he? He he broke the um, 50k track record in. 243 it was 242 30 yeah ah i was so close but yes um he would have yeah he the, the current the record was 243 38 and so he went and took that down also can you imagine just running 50k on a track for like a hot second <laughs> um and his last split like, was like 66 yeah <laughs> That, I mean, that's what those those crazy like 140 mile weeks will get you. I mean, what else did he do? It's wild. And then also, like he casually do, went to go run a 209 on the treadmill for the marathon. 
What was it exactly? Was it 209, like 50 something or like? It's 209. Let me see. I had it up. Because I I've reading. seen, I've seen 209 float around and I love, I love that because he, if, if it was like 209.50 something, it's still 209. And so it's still, that, once you get under the, once you get under that zero, zero, then yeah. When it's a single digit, let me see. Do I have the exact? Well, uh, I just kind of also laugh because, you know, I, I ran 306.04. 209.58. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it just brings back that point where I ran uh, 306.04 at the berlin marathon and Mm -hmm. what bugs me is that those i'm five seconds away from calling myself like a 305 guy but those five seconds make me a 306 guy so in a very similar sense three seconds could he could have been a 210 guy but he is a 209 guy on the treadmill 209 on the treadmill honestly that's smart because we all know what running on the treadmill is like so faster you run sooner you're done honestly Great motivation. If I run this marathon faster, I will be off of this treadmill faster. Have you ever tried this? Like running, like no, not, not running at 209 pace. I'm saying like- Just running run a marathon it. on the tread? No, I'm just saying like set a, set a distance, pick 5K for example, mm-hmm. and try to run a PR by setting it on the uh, treadmill. If you've done it, you're nodding your head. So, hey y'all everybody, Matt here. Um, I- uh, worked at a place in the city. Currently, we're dealing with uh, quite the shutdown, but uh, it's called Mile High Run Club, and we have a lot of treadmills. So I had access to great treads, and I would like for one of my favorites was say I was doing like a, a progression tempo, like a, like say I was doing like cutbacks or something that was really really helpful. I remember like one of my last one was like um, it was like a six mile cutbacks for every single mile i really wanted to be specific on how i was cutting it back totally worked you just plug it and let it ride you can be really specific on your pace you're like cool i want to run 525 and then i want to run 520 and it's like so you've, out clocked, the you've clocked a pr on the treadmill i have cl- i have clocked an unofficial I guess we can call it, like, I, I had, like, a, I'm pretty sure I had an unofficial four-mile PR on the treadmill. Okay. Things like that. It, I think that as, I'd, I'd have to get, like, a, a treadmill engineer in here. I'm not sure as far as, like, the legitimacy of shorter efforts on the treadmill, things that get shorter and shorter. But, like, I don't know, I've, I've definitely ran at like a higher speed yeah. on the treadmill than I think I ever have outside. But then you're like, I don't know. Do you think I've run, I ran 509 on the track. Mm-hmm. If I set it to sub five, could I run sub five on the treadmill? It, 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 it makes it, the guesswork is, is out of the, you don't have to guess. There's no way you're falling off on the pace. Literally you'll just fall off the treadmill. Um, been there, done that. Uh, I think I think we should definitely make this an event. All I right, could, I, gonna, I would definitely try it. If, they, if I'm gonna shoot, I'm gonna talk to my people. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot some texts. Some I haven't emails. been, I haven't been on a treadmill or, or in a gym in months. Um, oh, I haven't, I haven't been on a treadmill since. But I, I think I would do it. I think give me, give me, uh, you know, another couple weeks to get right back into into full-on training and i would probably mm-hmm. attempt it and oh, you know i, I it would be an unofficial happen. pr for sure we, we you can you can put parentheses you can say treadmill pr unofficial <laughs> treadmill 
<laughs> TR, right? No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah treadmill TR. record. <laughs> Maybe it's oh, your TM, man. treadmill, TMR, treadmill record. No, it's one word. Treadmill is one word. It is one word, but I'm thinking like track record. <laughs> oh. Would people like think TR for track I don't know, or just T for track? But it, I got to admit, like this, this marathon on the treadmill was, was impressive. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there are things to think about, like how much, how you don't have to worry about like fueling is much easier. Things are right here. Something to think about. That's like my immediate go-to is I was like, I bet you your fueling's a lot easier right there. <laughs> and you can, you can control a lot. You know that you're running pancake flats. You know that um, you can control the weather. But regardless, does that not that does not diminish running like a bat out of hell on a belt? Oh. Um. So I kind of does that do it for the list of incredible performances? Oh no no no. Oh. Um. Uh, a couple days ago, Kira D'Amato set the yep. friend of the pod recent episode. Um. Set a ten mile record American record for a women's only road race. Um, yes. So very kind of like particular, but mm-hmm. still an American record nonetheless for and someone who's on fire. This this year, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't do have not really gone up in the pandemic, but she has continued to shred after that five k this summer. Um, the half marathon win. Yep. And now, and then we took another 5k win against like another elite field. She had a 10k win on the track. So mm-hmm. it's been, it's been quite the year for, for Kira D'Amato, um, where if you kind of did have to like, um, most valuable quarantine runner, if you made that an award, what would that be? M-V-Q-R? I can 100% most valuable quarantine runner. Then that goes to you. I would say CJ Albertson and, to cure D'Amato. Those two have just like, there hasn't really been much of a I just think, I, I just think that Kira has, has had so much success this year. And the fact that like, not, not, not to like always to call age in, but like the fact that her age has nothing to do with it. The fact that she is only getting better and better. So. Right. If you, to to, you t- if you take, you know, the, the key points that people will, uh, refer to her as like you know it's hard to ignore like the, the amazing parts of her story the being a mom mm-hmm. being a full-time realtor and being 36 like those are you know independent things that would probably warrant like a runner's world story but she's got all of that going for her and on top of that she's thriving as a professional runner um, and so if you just took the professional runner component to her she's having an amazing year so I guess like unofficially on this podcast, I guess it's November. I don't think there might be too many. Actually, I'm wrong. There's going to be a couple more races. But as of right now, if we were to hand out the most valuable quarantine runner award, your leaders would be CJ Albertson and Kira D'Amato. And mm-hmm. you I gotta- don't really have. I don't have a trophy, but I do have this wooden duck. So <laughs> this is it. So we'll this come up with like award. a nice little award and mail it out to the most valuable quarantine runner mm-hmm. at the end of the at the end of the year. But you know, so kind of like on that note, there are going to be some opportunities for mm-hmm. people to bump Kira and CJ off the top list. They have really strong cases, but coming up, we've got the Sound Running Track Meet out in California. Yes. Which, like, as exciting as it is, and now you know the Olympic qualifying window is going yep. to open up. You do 
it would, going back to COVID, like we were discussing at the beginning of the show, this has got to be one of the last like big events that the sport puts on because, you know, yeah. cases are rising. This is going to be out in California. Um, hey, it's just like, do we really need this right now? And like, I counted the number of people running like the 5k and it was like 99 or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can get that number for you. Yeah. It was like, it was different heats, but it was like, I was like, that's a lot of people. And from what I've heard, you know, is the locations being kept a secret so that there aren't going to be spectators and the athletes are, are, have been, uh, some of them have told me that it's going to be an in and out thing where it's like, you're in for your race and you're out of the facility right away. Um, and so I've got the schedule up right now. And so they're on two, they have two it's a two day event. Um, they're going to be um, going in. So as far as men's, so it's going to be going men's 5,000 and they're going to have multiple heaps. We have like a sub 14 minute heat, sub 1345 for women. We have a sub 1530, uh, sub 1510. So it looks like we have six heats on December 4th and four heats on December 5th. So 5k is running on the 4th, 10k is running on the 5th. Who are some of the names in, in these heats? As far as exact names. Let me see if I have it. I think. Okay. Oh, there we go. Here we are. We got some very exciting folks coming up. Um, breaking it down as far as. Let me see. I'm stoked. All right, here we go. As far as like like the top tier for the five k. I'm really excited to see, like, on the women's side, we've got Shelby Houlihan, always going to be uh, great. Um, um, Dana. Trudano. Oh, yeah. Host of the More Than Running podcast. On the say Man more podcast than friend of the pod. You can say host <laughs> of the pod. <laughs> Subscribe to her show. A lot of cool episodes so far. Yeah. She's had oh, Bobby yeah. Gibb on, the first woman to finish the Boston Marathon. She mm-hmm. had um, Catherine Burgess, who is the woman who did the project that cut out the men's coverage in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And you really got to see a visual representation of how much uh, coverage is lacking for women's sports. Um, yep. So, yeah, check out Dana's we, podcast. But oh, yeah. Running Let's see who, who else we're going to keep going with. Um, I'm excited to see Matt Senowitz. Mm-hmm running on 5k uh we've got high school his first star. race in nine months it's about to make a call yeah see what it, we can do um high school star or now college has, has he graduated nico young yeah he's been running and he ran in like that 10 man 3k it wasn't yes, his did. best race but um mm-hmm. it looked like he might have been running unattached so yeah so we got that going. Um, I'm really excited to see. Let's. We got, of course, um, Sam Atkin, um, Ben Blankenship, Sam Parsons, Drew Hunter, a lot of the um, like Jeff Thies. We got a lot of the uh, Tin Man Elite squad going down for the 5K. Um, Who's in the 10K? Oh, see, one of my favorites. We get to see Ben True running the 10K. We got Brogan Austin, Ed Chez, Eric Jenkins. Oh, Reed Fisher. Ooh. Oh, L- Lenny Career, Sam Chalanga, Reed B- Morgan McDonald. It's a who's Carson. who of the U.S. distance yeah. running. Speaking of Kira, she's going to be running the 10K. Um, Steph Bruce, Maggie Montoya, Laura Thweet, Kellen Taylor. Oh, yeah. 
this is gonna be this is gonna be great. I'm really excited. And obviously, like this is a pretty big field. Yeah. Um, but the night the nice thing about it is you're able to think about this as two putting this on two separate days is definitely the right choice. Yeah. Um I just can't really think of a safe way to have this many people running on a track um, yeah. without doing heats and d- different days. Um, In California, which has been super, super strict <sighs> and a hot spot for sure. Um, I mean, what would, could we reference Drake when he says, she was super hot? Another event coming up, and some of the names that you said uh, will be mm-hmm. competing in uh, this event is the Marathon Project, which I'm super pumped for. Um, you love a good marathon. This one happens to be, I think, like five days before Christmas. Um, it's honestly it's- a big Christmas present to any <laughs> big fan of the marathon. It'll be- happen in Chandler, Arizona. Um, yep. The field is you know, a bunch of U.S. Olympic marathon trials uh, yep. stars uh, who thrive there. I think they've got quite a good chunk of the top 10 and on both mm-hmm. sides do, do we want to do a run there's so many people who are there's some of the, just, the the favorites that that, that you like i mean to? i can't wait it's no secret that i think scott fobble is the goddamn man so he's this been is, having this is like a big redemption marathon the redemption marathon he's been doing like the all the work that everyone down at nazi has been doing has been top tier um i'm just really excited to see scott um, I'm really excited to see Noah Drotti get back into it, especially after he had to drop out of Michigan um, pro half due to COVID. We've got Ryan Vale's going to be rolling. Uh, let's see. CJ Albertson, as we, as we brought up earlier, Shadrach, um, Tyler McCandless. Oh, wow. I, I'm excited to see um, New York, New York uh, local and, and, and favorite B-Marts, Brendan Martin's going to be rolling on that. Um, my buddy Will Nation is going to be rolling with this. Oh, there's going to be such a cool thing. I'm excited to see Reed Buchanan's marathon debut. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, I'm really stoked on that. Same thing for Sid Vaughn. I believe it's going to be his marathon debut. Um, as far as the kick-ass women's field, Sarah Hall has just came off of like – uh, hell of a tear. So I'm excited to see what she continues to do with this. Well, there was also that tweet that her agent Josh Cox put out where she did, she ran a marathon on the course because, you mm-hmm. know, as one does in marathon training. Uh, and the last 12.2 miles or something like that were at 218 marathon pace. Your dad for the for the listeners who can't see it, but Matt is dabbing. I'm, dab- on I'm, I'm dabbing because it's just too crazy. It's gonna be so good, Sarah. I love Kellen Taylor, um, Elma Ulmer Bates. She's been putting up great great training. Steffi Bruce, like here, Demato once I, again. It's like here, Demato. <laughs> She's got to like find a way to. She's like, this is her like her her like uh, her last little bit to add to the resume of her I think most valuable points. Big yeah. dogs got to eat. <laughs> She's up, just stacking it up. Up dogs got to eat. Yeah. There it is. Uh, okay, I literally I have a st- I wrote it down. I was gonna make an up dog <laughs> joke about this, and I'm glad you picked it up. This is what a good partner does. So thank you for for picking it up when I dropped it. Okay, you did, I think I texted this to you, but the most niche like track joke that I came up with was like, 
Kira D'Amato says, can you smell that up dog? And me smell the up dog in here. can't smell anything starts to get worried about COVID uh, <laughs> symptoms. So that is, like, that that, like maybe like two people will laugh at that too. If that, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> so those people listening that are laughing, that was for you. Yeah. Um, all right. Last couple other things. The Valencia half marathon and marathon mm-hmm. will be happening. Jordan Hesse, I believe is running in the marathon. And then uh, Emily Sisson is running the half marathon and we could see an American mm-hmm. record there if she tries to take down Molly say, Huddle's mark. Oh yeah. Say Jordan ran a, uh, Ran that ran the same uh, half marathon that Galen I, did. That it was the same course. It was the same course. Jordan didn't have the best day uh, in her showing, but you know she's had the coaching switch from you know a year ago, I guess, since Salazar got banned, um, and she didn't do so hot at the trials. Didn't mm-hmm. do so hot in this tune-up. Uh, so. She's due for, you know, a good performance, hopefully. Due for a little windfall. Yeah, and then, like we said, Emily Sisson will possibly go for, for that American record, uh, which would be really I think cool. That, I think that she is only going – she's only getting better the more experience that she gets in these longer races. Like, And, it's you know, what's wild, too, is, the, is that you have to kind of also remember that she's going to be coming back to the track next uh, spring – so mm-hmm. yes, this is this is gonna be maybe a really good half marathon performance. But for all this excitement that we've been seeing from, from some people on the track, you have to remember that Molly Huddle and Emily Sisson are going to be back on the track for the for the 10K at the trials. And those two I would put as like favorites to, to make the team. Hundred percent. And then all of a sudden you just have like this big competition for for third place i mean anything can happen mm-hmm. in, in a race like that it could be just like we, we talked about the, we, we had talked about the trials so much and how i think that we both had um molly or emily on our top three on our top yeah. five definitely both we had them on that like making the team list but um and then we were so wrong but <laughs> we were so wrong I, was that the title of that pod the the next day was Oh wow, we were so wrong. Yeah, it was it was something like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then other than that, I guess like the Fuoko the Fukuoka Marathon is happening out in Japan, which is like that's you know the reason I highlight that is like not because I'm not, I'm not too familiar with some of the people running there, but um, it, like it's just nice to see races return to Japan because it's going to be the site mm-hmm. for the Olympics next year. Um, Very promising. Um, gives us sort of like a path forward. We're able to exactly. look and be like. On home soil, we've got indoor track and field on the on the horizon, which like I'm still scratching my head about like how it's gonna happen, <laughs> what is like the what limits are gonna be put in place, the precautions are gonna be put in place. I guess if you ask me, maybe I'm if you had a choice where it's like scrap the indoor season to salvage the outdoor season, I would take that. A hundred It's hard financially, I'm sure, on some of these athletes. Like the, the, it's money making opportunities that are lost yep. but in the grand scheme of things you have to make your sacrifices nowadays i think you have to very much be specific and pick what you want like that's the hard part it's 2020 nothing comes easy no why would it why would it but you know there are races so far little t- meets happening at, at the armory so 
We'll have to, once again, play the wait-and-see game to see what happens with something like Milrose Games or the Dr. Sander Invitational. I think that was the last time that I remember being in a large crowd of people was at the Milrose Games. And Coogan's afterwards. <laughs> I, I, I hold on to that memory very fondly of us uh, in Coogan's. I remember uh, like seeing just like all of the everyone uh, – Every, seeing everybody have a having a really nice time. I remember buying El Perrier a beer. It was it was prime. All right, let's put a bow in this one. This was quite a month. We're getting more news to discuss on this podcast, so that's a good thing. We don't have to dig into nearly as much stuff anymore. We don't have to be so. Uh... Oh wait, wait, wait! We got one more. The segment everyone loves. This is right here. Just so don't that's right it's dopers gonna dope we are back and this one is just like something really quick like um so far i guess like the the court of arbitration for sport is going to recognize an appeal by christian coleman and salwa uh nasser like for for their whereabouts failures so that's going to be a thing that's going to be sorted out maybe maybe next month maybe we we probably maybe the segment talks about that next month the but the crazy story was that in one of the strangest cases we've seen in 2020, the AIU, the Athletics Integrity Unit, announced that there was a provisional suspension for Ukraine's uh, Victoria Kalpina. Uh, or I'm I'm sorry, I'm um, probably definitely mispronouncing this. Uh, yeah, and, I, I, and then Morocco's Yusuf Spy, because both of them tested positive for EPO. Now EPO great, guys, like EPO, great, yeah. Blood doping with EPO, crazy that it happens. Even crazier is the fact that these two people did it at the same race, which was the 2020 Sofia Marathon. And even yeah. crazier than that, they both won the race. So it's like, so maybe there was a group text beforehand. They're like, <laughs> like you know, when you plan your outfits with somebody the night before, and you're like, hey, make sure we don't match. Clearly somebody there was a miscommunication they both used dpo and both <laughs> won the race yeah they they did not try hiding this one so I'm, I'm waiting for the full decision to come out and you know once the appeals process like you know passes because i'm i'm really curious to see how this happened and now this race the sophia marathon has uh has a blemish that two, both its winners in 2020 uh were dirty so i mean it makes sense maybe they can just put it at a footnote and the the footnote can say <laughs> the arms up emoji like ah. second place you're a winner <laughs> the only race where you're in second place you're the winner if you're not first you probably didn't do epo <laughs> <laughs> all right that does it for this episode of the city smack podcast i've been chris chavez with my co-host matt meyer we will hey, catch okay. you guys again next month